Happy Father's Day uh, to all of you here who, uh, who what, what did uh, our pastor say, who hold that role. Uh, so all of you that are here and online, happy Father's Day. Uh, I, I bumped into Conrad Coop uh, just as I was uh, in, the, in the foyer there. He's got a t-shirt on, you, you should see it. It says, great dad, best dad, because we're awesome. And it's got pictures of his kids on there. Hey, how do you know you're a good dad? Because your kids think they're awesome. Hey, pretty cool. Father's Day. Okay, let's just do a little tidbit there. Um, uh, you, you know that words of blessing really um, bring life to people. So uh, one of our traditions is, you know, when we have those special events like Thanksgiving, Mother's Day, birthdays, Father's Days, we, we do this thing where we take advantage of the opportunity to bless the person who's being focused on. Of course, Thanksgiving, that's kind of a broader thing. Everybody around the table gets to uh, share a little bit about what they're thankful for. Uh, today's Father's Day, so, you know, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe get, your, uh, your old man, uh, get your dad to sit down and bless him. Yeah, tell him what you, what you like about him, what, what you, like, we, like we saw, right? Like if he's a really good banker for you and he's bankrolled you, you know, like, you, you, yeah, bless him in that, right? right? Take some time to throw blessings at him so that he knows, oh, man, I'm a, I'm a good dad because you guys are really good. You're really good kids. So take a bit of time to do that. All right, let's transition to our, our, our uh, message today. It's uh, I'm still not okay. You, do you know what we're talking about today? That thing we've been in for the last two and a half years. Shoot the puck. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a little heavy, so you've got to stay with me. We're going to kind of scroll through uh, a bit of the last uh, two and a half years, and then we're going to come and land the plane and... Uh, kind of sit in this place of where more than any pandemic could ever possibly put on us, okay? All right, so just take a step back for a minute. We just had, we just had parent-child dedication. We had three little people up here. And uh, you could tell that they actually weren't affected by the pandemic. In fact, if, if a couple of the other ones on the end had been as old as the one that was walking around, right, there would have been more of them walking around because it's actually, hey, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of experimenting up here. It's kind of neat. They, 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 they wouldn't know what we were saying if we were asking, um, are you still okay? In light of what's happened? No, because it's, it's, actually, it's actually nothing to them because they live in homes where moms and dads love them. They rest in the truth of the love of their parents, and they're full of life. They're just doing life. They, they didn't know there was a pandemic going on. All right, so, so stay with me. This is, going to be, this is going to be a bit of a journey here. All right, you remember when this uh, pandemic first started, everything shut down. Our routines were disrupted. We're all pretty concerned. I, I remember that first, uh, I, I don't know, first few weeks. We were going for a walk with the family, and uh, we didn't know, okay, all right, do we cross the street when those people come by us? Can we look at them? Could we wave? Could we say Hi. Oh man, we we didn't we didn't want to catch anything. Wow, oh, it's pretty scary those first few weeks. All right, so so before we jump into a little bit more of scrolling through kind of what's happened, I'll, I'll pull out a few tidbits. Obviously, the list could be much bigger, but before we do, let me show you this this slide. This is uh, this is one of my jingles. If you come to my office, 
and uh, uh, you're going to sit across the chair for me, and I'm going to counsel you. We're, we're, at some point, we're going to talk about this. All right, so it's a little thing I made up. It's, it's not um, uh, scientific. By the way, I've, I didn't do, you know, the, the 60,000 um, you know, statistical uh, evaluations on it. But it's descriptive, so stay with me. All right? All right, so I suggest that emotions are like windows to our soul. They tell us things that are true. Oh, my goodness. Somebody's upset. Oh, I can feel that. Oh, you can... Yeah, you can cut, you can cut the, uh, you know, the, the uh, air with a knife because it's pretty dense in here. You, you can feel that. Hey, sometimes you can hear it, right? You sense it because we're emotional beings. God's made us in his image, and one of those things is we're emotional. Okay, second, second part. Go down the, the window there. Emotions tell us what it is we would like. Oh, I, I really like chocolate ice cream. Yeah, yeah, and I like it when people treat me with kindness and uh, they're gentle with me. And uh, I, I like to have fun. And I, I like it when people value me and they accept me for who I am, even though I'm imperfect. Emotions tell us what it is we would desire. Those things bubble up and come to life. I suggest part of the abundant life is that understanding of what it is we would like and the ability to acknowledge it perhaps express it if we need to so that we can move towards it and if we can't have it because we can't have everything that we want that we grieve it we maybe try to change it and if we can't have it we find God to be enough but that's that's the that's the part that's life-giving that that sounds different than it doesn't matter what I want I have to keep the rules in order to be loved I need to make sure I do the right things in order for me to be acceptable to people Ooh, that, that belittles part of that, even though, obviously, we live in a society, and we have to function together, lots of good in that. Okay, but we're, we're, we're poking around in this piece by way of part of what it means to be alive. We think about Jesus in the garden. Father, if you can make this cup pass from me, he's expressing the truth of what he truly desired. I would rather not die. Abba, Father, could we change this? No, we can't. All right. But not my will, your will be done. He, he acknowledges this desire, he grieves it, and he, he, he moves in this direction, because this is also what he would desire, which is to follow the Lord, to do what God the Father has asked of him. He grie- acknowledges, grieves, and chooses out as a freedom to do this. The, these, he couldn't do both desires. One had to be a loss. It's true for you and I. As we allow this to be true for us, we have a greater ability to be able to understand what we grieve at times we just went through a pandemic and part of what's true is we've lost many things and we're grieving lastly our our emotions also tell us things that we believe to be true which i suggest then could be we could couch it in such a way that they're connected to false beliefs and when those false beliefs are touched they trigger us we 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 don't walk in freedom we kind of turn into like a 12 year old we, we get reactionary. We get reactive. We hide or we fight. We defend or we withdraw, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so, so, so that, let, let's see if we can just tag a couple, couple dots. If, if your monologue says, I'm stupid, uh, actually, that tells us something about what you've experienced. Because actually, you're not stupid. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And Jesus went to the cross for you. 
And if that's a monologue when somebody disagrees with you or you maybe make a mistake, if that's the first monologue that comes to your brain and your spirit, that would tell us that actually there's something you don't understand to be true. And somewhere along the line, you've learned something about you that's derogatory. It's not who God has made you. And so in your world and mind, sometimes those kind of bubble up in different ways. All right, so just hold that. That's, that's kind of the background. or the, it's, in your, it's your backslide, but it's back there somewhere, and we'll, we'll touch on it. Okay, so let's run. All right, the pandemic started, COVID-19. Everything got slowed down. Many things came to a roaring stop. Wow. Whew, just think back. I mean, that seems unbelievable. I didn't go to my office for two months. Man, my wife and I, we got through some of the biggest decisions we had to make every day. What time are we getting up? (laughs) What are we making for breakfast? And what will we make for dinner? Okay, let's add one more. And what Netflix series will we watch? (laughs) Shoot the puck. That was, that was pretty good for a while. And then COVID-19, because we, we actually weren't made to eat that big of breakfast every day. And uh, to uh, be mostly focused on those few things, eventually that taste doesn't taste very good. It's good for a vacation, but it's not good for a lifestyle because actually God's created us for much more than that. Do you remember those weeks? I remember we were probably four weeks into it or so, and, uh, you know, this thing's going on, and we're sitting around, and we've kind of managed these three, four decisions we got to do every day, and we, we, we kind of look at each other, uh, Lorena and I, and we think, uh, one of us commented of, well, you know, if this is what retirement is, man, we're getting along pretty good. We ought to be okay in retirement, because we kind of like each other. Y- yeah, yeah, if, if, if that's one component of what happens. Slowing down. So some good things were it did help sometimes to slow us down and get off the treadmill. Lorna and I, we're, we're at a life stage, you know, where kids are older and things like that. But even if we think back two, three, four years, and some of you are in the throes of, you know, young children, building your career, uh, um, you know, a bunch of those dynamics, right? If you're single or married, it doesn't matter. You got the foot right to the metal. Part of what COVID did is it caused us, it forced us to step back, and people began to see things. They, they, it helped many people to be able to see um, uh, what they valued, to reprioritize. They, they looked around, and they saw maybe their kids. It, it, was, it was like, um, do you know that, that week in between Christmas and New Year's, you know, where you don't get out of your pajamas? Right? It's a bit like that, except it was extended, and people took a step back, and they began to slow down and enjoyed puzzling with the, you know, with the kids, and they talked to their wife, and there's crazy things happening. In fact, I think we have a term for it. I don't know if this is the accurate term. The COVID baby boom? Is that what that's called? Uh, because people saw each other. We slowed down enough. So that would be, that would be a good part. Um... That also does bear a thing because it reflects a thing that also as we slowed down, it began to also reflect some of what was happening in our relationships that indicated the unhealthy things. Uh, Some of us, uh, I I think all of us, as we know, we're in a journey of walking and, and 
trying to understand more clearly, uh, trying to walk in greater freedom with the Lord and in our relationships and with those people that are significant in our lives as well. Um, and when we were locked in the house, those things bubbled up, and so we, we, we either navigated through them in more life-giving ways and, and recrafted, or those um, unhealthy things became louder and more restrictive and more abusive uh, and so we know for some, uh, the uh, reality of domestic abuse actually escalated because they no longer could escape the domestic abuse, the unhealthiness of their relation by going to work, by having others in their life, they became isolated and controlled by the other. It revealed some of those things. We know for some, for some of you, your life got crazy busy, it didn't slow down. Different... Uh, Different businesses, as we know, like we know, obviously, truckers from what we, what we what's become clear for us, man, they were hauling, uh, you know, food, etc., so that we could continue to live, right, as well as product, all kinds of product, right. If you were in a in an industry that fabricated things, you might have switched and changed to produce something that was now more helpful for this period of time. Uh, we know, obviously, those that are involved in healthcare. Um, uh, you know, if you were a teacher, right, kind of this whole thing about in class, out of class, right? Or obviously for our pastors here, how did they kind of keep adjusting and so forth and so forth? Um, we know that for those who have had to be busy, that it ramped up, that it's been incredibly costly. We also know that in some of those industries, actually people, some people have taken early retirement, because the adjustment and the reality of the demands, they could sit in the place of, you know, it's okay. I'm two years out from retirement. I'm going to take it. It's not wrong, but it did have an effect down, down the road. It affected the other workers. Some workers had to go off on stress leave. What does that do? It continues to increase the demand on those that come, that those are there, that those are continuing to do their job. Many of you are familiar with that. Okay, some lost their, lost their jobs. They may have lost the business. Some of you may have lost your business. You put everything into it. All of your kind of your life savings to make this is this is gonna you're gonna get to the next level and build build a, a wealth that would be helpful for you and for your retirement and for your kids and for the next generation, and you lost it. It's difficult. There was, there was information that we received, differing information. Uh, there, there was stuff that was coming at us that we actually, most of us maybe didn't really have much of that information before. Like, I didn't know how many people got sick from the flu before. It kind of wasn't a big deal. You, you just had the flu and went on. I, I knew that some people got sick and some, uh, some elderly people at times with a comp- complication of a, a weakness in their body, sometimes they weren't even able to survive the flu. But now we knew exactly how many people in our city, in our province, in our country, in our world. Mm. And you had to carry that. Yeah. Do you remember? Remember? Hey, how, what did the news say? What's the numbers like? How are we doing? Are we going to be okay? Ooh. Ah, man, it's up by another 2,500. Oh, my goodness. Not sure how we're going to do. What are we going to do? This is heavy. Can you hear that? We never had, we had parts of that. And some of you, that's your line of work. You were on the 
front line of that in different ways in years past. But now this was this became some of our our normal, and we carried that heaviness. What are the numbers today? In my in my industry as a counselor, some of my counselors as we, we would meet periodically, they, they, they would step to this place with their clients and they would say, here's what you need to do. You need to turn off the news for seven days. That's your assignment. This whole week, what you do is you control yourself and you do not listen to any news and don't look at any social media for seven days. Because you need to give yourself a break. You're carrying stuff that's way too heavy for you. I think some of you guys did that without seeing a counselor. You turn the news off for a while, three days. Oh, man, sunshine today. <laughs> yeah, because there's a heaviness that we're carrying. Okay, then we go to the isolation reality. Not having regular community around us in order to be able to help us to process what's going on in our lives and in our world made the heaviness even weightier. For many of us, Google became our friend. And we, we know that Google, being our friend, is kind to us. And Google will send us information based on what we've looked at and what we research. And they will continue to feed us information so we can become more knowledgeable in the particular genre of our research. And as it related to the pandemic and the reasons for the pandemic, you and I could become experts on that particular line of thinking under the tutelage of Google. That's fantastic. We became experts. We knew, we, we, we could know what was right and the right answers. And these people over here, you know, like they don't understand what we know because Google and I, we're tight. What we've come to understand though is that actually, actually Google has many different genres and helps many other people to be experts in different ways than you or I. What we need is we need the community so we could sit together with your friend over here who they've got that Google tutor and this person has this Google tutor, so to speak, and we have this Google tutor and we can sit together and we could dialogue in the truth of, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Can you tell me more about that? Like, like, what did you research? Tell me a little bit more about that. And how come that point of view, how come you have that point of view? So we could learn together and carry those things together. Isolation didn't make that as possible. So we had different perspectives, differencing points of view, and the stakes were very high. This, this was in some ways about life or death as it related to you, if you got the virus, or someone in your family, or someone in your community. And so your point of view was very important, and so was theirs. And so we, we know, we, we stand in this place today, two and a half years later, and we can see some of the um, disappointing effects on relationships because of what was at stake, what we believed, and how we carried our understandings and how it brought division between us and friends and family that, that's a heavy one and some of you are still on that journey 
Some of you, your dear friends or some of your family members, you still are fractured from them. The Lord wants to come and redeem those. But it, it, will, it will take some humbling on your part and their part. They did not hurt you out of ill will, wanting to be mean. They did it out of their understanding, out of what were their good intentions to protect in ways that they believed was the right ways to protect. I suggest we're going to have to take a step back in some cases and humble ourselves and own what belongs to us. Let them own what belongs to them. Agree to disagree on how we handled it, but be very clear. I'm sorry I hurt you, and I desire to have a relationship with you. Can we work past this in some way? I believe that God wants to bring good out of some of these incredible, difficult things that have happened. Loss of activity. Man, things slowed down. Whoo! Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine if if you were in in junior high or high school and you were looking forward to being a part of that drama team, that social club, maybe that athletic department? You, you'd spent a whole bunch of years getting getting to this place, right? And all of that shut down. Lots of loss there. Okay, think, about, think about graduation. Just think about that for a minute. Do you remember when you graduated? I know we, we, we have different experiences. But graduating is a big deal from high school. That's a big deal, man. You grunted that thing out for 12 years. You didn't even know what times you were grunting. And you didn't know why you were going to, to school when you were six years old. But you did this thing, man. You've journeyed through the ups and downs. You've learned all kinds of stuff. You learned how to socialize. You learned some of your skills and abilities. You, you, you've got a foundation on what it means to, to be able to understand how to receive knowledge, find knowledge, take it in, digest it. Fantastic. Graduation. Let's party, man. Grandma and grandpa are coming. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, you did a drive-by. Hmm. Uh, and uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not belittling those. I'm grieving with you. Right? I, you, you did an incredible job of making it be something that was special. And thanks to moms and dads and, and principals and teachers who crafted it as best they could. Fantastic. Okay. But, but some of us understand there was components there of ways that we would have loved to have blessed those graduates that it was much more difficult okay then go to the college go to university many of us at college and university we we as we did life together we have we still have some of our very best friends that we are in contact with perhaps around the world because of our experience at university or college in fact, some of you married one of them. I think that happened here too. Right? They become your spouse. That didn't go so well virtually. That, that was more difficult virtually? Yeah. There's some loss there. Okay? Then, then even if we go to the places of the loss of health. 
right? Some, some have struggled with long-term effects from, from the pandemic and from COVID. Yeah, that, that's an ongoing loss. Those of you that lost loved ones during the time of incredible restrictions, there's loss there. There's the loss of your loved one. There's the loss of the opportunity to have celebrated their life because of the beautiful people they are and the number of people that they affected, that, that was limited. And there's a part of your own journey of grief that is very um, helpful when the community comes around you and they speak into you the truth of what your loved one meant to them. They stand with you physically, so to speak, in, in the journey, in the celebration of their life of that person who's passed away. Not having been able to have that in some life-giving ways has been difficult, very difficult, sad, and also has made it more difficult in the journey of walking through the pain of loss and grief. We just did in all kinds of ways. Businesses did. Those that could stay open. Do you remember, you remember the youth people? Do you know those youth people, young people, they kind of know this social thing, this social media thing a lot better than us. And you remember those first few weeks we had, um, you know, they, they just jumped on some social media platform. And they were doing this thing where they, um, they would follow a youth, a youth leader through his morning devotional routine. And uh, how they would um, grind a particular coffee bean, weigh it out, and make a spectacular cup of coffee and leave out Sanka and Maxwell House instant. Do you remember that? Like they jumped on it like that. For some of us, we, we, uh, we kind of had to come around because I, I, I didn't realize that Zoom meant something more than what you did with your camera lens. But now we know what Zoom is. It's a social media platform, right? We, we all use it. Hey, hey, I'll Zoom you tonight. It's, <laughs> it's become a verb rather than a noun. But we, we caught up. What, what else has been kind of cool? It's uh, how the church has uh, been able to go online and be live. So you and I, uh, in, in those days, we could stay in our pajamas and, and watch church. Now, if we can't make it, we can stay at home and watch church and stay connected to the truth of what God's doing over the weekly services on the, on the Sunday so that when we are able to come back, we're able to kind of be in the know as to what happened last week and what God's doing. That can continue to roll with us. Church Online. Uh, it helped us to stay connected with people through the social media. We, we worked hard at... at um, kind of building a platform and staying connected with our home, home group online. It was, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's a little, it had some unique pieces to it, right? But we did what we could. We did what we could to adjust along the way. We, we had Thanksgiving dinner. I think it was Thanksgiving. One of those years, one of those seasons, one of those events rather. In my garage with the door open in our uh, in our family units um, with the uh, propane heater on. Is that okay for me to say that? We adjusted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was saying to the people that were in there, you know, in, in, in there, in, the, in my uh, garage, I said, I'm really glad you're here, that we can do this, we can be together, we're doing what we can to kind of make sure everyone's safe. I said, the other part is, you're in my garage. It's kind of like you're in my closet. 
Because people don't see what's in here. Like, I got stuff all over here. Like, this is it's kind of revealing me, right? So I feel a little exposed here, but I'm glad you're here. Okay, we adjusted. All right, let's speak a little bit about social media. Before the pandemic, I had some idea of social media, right? But, you know, when you're sitting around, you get nothing to do. You start figuring out these apps and different platforms. And um, I didn't realize how quickly 45 minutes could go by. Whew, man. I didn't realize you, you could do this. You know what that is, yeah? You're with me? Right? Whoa, man. And, and how come it, it just drew me there? Well, I get up in the morning. You know, I'm pretty quick. I get up in the morning, you know, kind of go, put my feet in the ground, and I just start moving, right? Because I know if I keep moving, I get it going. But man, I could reach for the phone. Oh, now I got to run because now I'm going to be late. This, this draws you in. It touches something. It, you, can, you, can, you can see the truth of what's happening in your friends' lives. You can celebrate with them. Oh, wait, I just got to go to the next one. Oh, I just got to go to the next one. That's, it's ongoing and ongoing. Amazing. And it continues to keep us from the truth of what's real here in my life. It's a way for me to go. And even though it doesn't fully satisfy, what it does do is it keeps me from the truth of what's real in my world. And I can blow off 45 minutes to an hour just like that. Boom. It's a little scary. The Lord's created us for a little bit more than scrolling. He desires us to have joy, be full of life, to sit in the discomfort and grieve it and find him to be enough so we don't have to continue to manage our discomfort by scrolling. Okay, another big challenge was uh, the schools closing and uh, parents having to do what they could to figure out how to help their children. They became uh, kind of like virtual teacher assistants, right? Uh, and managing work and all that stuff. Amazing, right? Teachers adjusting to online, offline. Whoa, 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 lots of stuff. There's some really good stuff, man, for some kids, uh, being on the computer at home, their learning went through the roof. Right? Kind of some less distractions. For other children, it was much more difficult. And for still others, yeah, it affected them in all kinds of ways. And obviously, we'll learn about those and we'll keep managing those in different ways. And I would suggest social aid also had quite an effect on people and on children. Okay, here's a little thing when I was researching. Let's read through a couple slides here. This is from the American Psychological Association. Why young brains are especially vulnerable to social media. Okay, starting at the age of 10, children's brains undergo a fundamental shift that spurs them to seek social rewards, including attentions and approval of their peers. We call that peer pressure in the olden days. At the the time, we hand them a smartphone, social media platforms like Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Snapchat have provided crucial opportunities for interaction that are a normal part of development, especially during a time of severe isolation prompted by a p- pandemic. But uh, they've also been increasingly linked to mental health problems, including anxiety, depression symptoms, and, uh, depression symptoms, and body image concerns. Let's go to the next slide. Between the ages of 10 to 12, changes in the brain make 
make social uh, uh, rewards, compliments of a new hairstyle, laughter from a classmate, they start to feel a lot more satisfying. Specifically, receptors for the happy hormones, oxytocin and dopamine, multiply in part of the brain called the ventral stratum. It's not quite, it's supposed to, yeah, I'm close. Making preteens extra sensitive to attention, admiration from others. Right next door to the ventral stratum lies the ventral pallidum, the region of the brain, the brain key for motivating an action. These structures, which lie beneath the more recent, recently evolved cortex, are older parts of the brain that drive instinctual behavior. Okay, one more. In youth, the drive for approval has historically helped kids and teens to develop healthy social skills and connections. By arriving at school in a new pair of designer jeans, hoping that your crush will smile at you in the hallway is worlds away from posting a video on TikTok that may get thousands of views and likes, part of which makes online interactions so different for, from in-person, uh, in-person ones in their permanent and often public nature. You, you can always go back. It's always there. Whereas that look over here to see if someone smiles at you because you got a new pair of shoes, this is different. Okay, so, so I just put that in there a little bit just for a taste, right? As to, obviously, there's some development here in, in an age uh, dynamic. Uh, but also the, the dynamic as to what it will have meant for our children to have had to learn virtually. Yeah, we'll learn about that. And we're going to get through that. Okay, but you can imagine what it will have been like, what it was like. And that some of that will have been affecting children in different ways. Stuck in front of a computer all day by yourself while mom and dad are busy on their computer doing work. And then our friend Google comes along. As you all know, and those little things pop up, right? And you have to manage those. Sometimes you click on them because it's something of interest. You know, it's that go-kart race that you want, you want to check out, right? Or, or something else. And when you're younger, it's much harder to manage those. Yes, many of you are familiar with that as we seek to help our young people, and we will continue to do that. There's always hope. Okay, so I've just given a litany of stuff, and it's heavy, and we've got to land a plane. All right, so, so, so let's move in that direction. Here, here's a couple, couple slides. Okay, we've, we've been through quite a thing, all right? But I'm still, I'm still not okay. Here's a couple uh, slides that I've put together. Again, not scientific, descriptive. When we, in our energy side, are at a 9 or 10, and we have a disappointment, a loss, a challenge, a stressor that affects us, we go down to maybe 1, 2, depending on the power of that, of that particular stressor. Then we, we can kind of, in a day or two, move back. That's understandable. Right now we're back at an 8 or 9 or 10. We're ourselves. Right? We're, like the, we're full of life. We, we, the things we enjoy to do, we, we can do them. All right, go to the next slide. But when we're in a place where it continues to be difficult and difficult and difficult and difficult, it's hard to recoup. And what happens is sometimes our normal begins to be in a place of three, four, five, two, three. I'm still not okay. 
I'm still not okay. I'm, I'm not okay yet. May be a reflection of the truth of what it's cost you as you've journeyed through the pandemic. And the reality is that actually you're not back at an eight or a nine. Your normal has become a three or a four. So, so with that, I want to say, cut yourself some slack, right? Sit in the place of, Lord, what, what's true for me? Right? What, what do I need to process? Um, when I don't have all my energy back, how come that is? Lord, help me to understand that more clearly. Here's, here's, a, here's a little, uh, uh, the next slide here and we'll go to. This is Dr. Dan Allender, and it's um, a, uh, it's a uh, uh, post that they're doing when they're having a uh, dialogue. There's another word for that. You guys know what it is? Go ahead, tell me. I forget. Yeah, you know where they do that posty thing? Where they have a talking back and forth? A conversation, a blog. Okay, so the English on here isn't really good. It needs to be more better. But it's because it's, it's a dialogue. Okay, so here we go. This is Dr. Dan Allender. There are three huge components to all forms of post-traumatic stress. He's doing this as it relates to the pandemic. He's having a discussion. And it is uh, in April of, of this, this past April, 2020, 2022. Okay? There are three huge components to all forms of post-traumatic stress. And that happens to be that all tra- trauma brings fragmentation. And it's, it isn't just that I'm not thinking well. It is that our brains was never meant to hold all the complexities of trauma. And so the fact that certain parts of our brain go off... And certain portions come lighted on. So what goes off just quickly? Our left frontal lobe, particularly the brocus area, where we manage language, thought, logic, linearity, deduction, will, and choice. Essentially, it goes offline. So that's one of the realities with regard to the effect of memory. I thought when I went downstairs to go get something, I forgot what it was was because I was getting older. Sometimes the truth of what we've been through and the exhaustion that we've carried begins to cause us to not be able to remember all the things that, in the ways that we used to. If that's true for you, hear that. Take note of that. All right, so let's go to some scriptures. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecutions or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake we were killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Okay, that's in, it's in brackets in, in the scriptures. That's a reference to Psalms 34. Pardon me, 44 verse 22. The starting of the psalm talks about God has been faithful. God has been faithful. He's rescued, he's rescued the people. He's rescued Israelite. And as you get to the bottom of the verse and bottom of the psalm, and this verse, this is what's written. And these people would know that's what we understand. And the apostle Paul finishes it with the next verse. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. He... he He reframes it. He says, folks, that is not true. This is true. We've just been through a pandemic. It's been costly. But nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. You you can still have joy and peace, even though that was true. It's it's not a negation. And there's times we'll we'll be overwhelmed. 
But that's not the long journey of walking through COVID. It's a part of the journey, but not the long journey. Let's go to the next verses. I'm convinced that neither, that nothing rather, can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of Christ. Okay, we just go back to the emotions are, are like windows to the soul. They tell us what's true. Ooh, there's been some tough stuff. We've had some loss. They tell us what we would like. Well, we'd, we'd, like, we'd like for our kids to know that there is a God who promises that he loves them and that he has a hope for them and a plan of a future. Uh, we'd like to know, uh, and we sit in the desire of to know God's love and his provision, even though our... Um, our retirement might not look all the way we'd hoped because of what we've been through and what we've lost. But he's good, and we're going to be okay. okay. We'd like our kids to be able to dream, to be full of life, even though the pandemic was true. But they're more than the pandemic. If we have a theological belief that says that when we live by the principles of God, we can guarantee that God will do these things, that theology will cause us to then question what happened. And the things that touch us in ways that were negative and hurtful and harmful, we will question whether God is sovereign and whether he is good and whether he truly does love us and whether he's really for us. So sometimes it's good for us as we ask, what is it that I believe to be true? To reevaluate those, those things. Further, we may have learned things along the way in our life that in that last couple boxes that we've got false beliefs that are connected to fear buttons, what may have happened, is we, we may have come to believe those and we carry them. So say, for example, an example might be we, we had a, 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 a sibling or an uncle or a neighbor who had a problem with anger. And when we were in their presence, we felt that anger. And as a little person, we felt like that was too much for us. And we then interpreted in such a way that we believed that anger was too much for us. And then the rest of our life, we, we've walked as an adult afraid of anger. Or, or maybe someone at school mocked us because we, when we read out loud, we didn't read very well. And they, they mocked us and it made us feel stupid. And we believe that we can't read really well. And every time we kind of are in the place of doing something that has to do with reading, we actually feel stupid. We, we feel stupid different than we rest in the truth of the Father's love. Okay, now step back. Now, now step back. We've just been through COVID. All right, one more verse. We're going to pray and they're going to come up. Let's go Matthew chapter 6. So don't worry about these things. What you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. For your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Okay? We're not belittling the truth of what it's cost us. We know that in the Garden of Gethsemane, it says that Jesus was overwhelmed. The truth of what he was about to carry on the cross actually took him to his knees. It was so heavy, carrying the weight of the sins of the world. But you have to finish the verse. He was overwhelmed, almost to the point of death. The truth of what he was about to carry could not break the strength of his soul because he is made in the image of God. He's God himself. He's God himself. Don't, 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 don't. No, no, he's God himself. Don't, don't, uh, I don't want to misquote that. But we're made in his image. We have a strength in our souls. Nothing can separate us from the love of the Father. 
But sometimes we have experiences that has caused that. And we began to question the truth of what we carry. All right, we're going to pray, and the, the band's going to come up, and they're going to play the last song. But I, I just want us to address in, my, in the prayer, and then as we go to the song, for you to think through these things. We were rightfully concerned and somewhat anxious and afraid, rightfully, because we were, there was something going on. But if now we carry a fear of what might happen over there, and it consumes us, and we're reactionary, now something's happened that we've made an agreement to an experience we've had that now frames our future and hijacks what God would like us to have. We want to release us. If you carry free fear that's unnecessary and not what God wants for you because of what you experience, we don't deny what you've experienced, but we want you and I to walk in freedom. If you carry anger because of how you were treated, how you were mistreated, we don't deny that. You want to grieve that. But you don't want to frame your life now from this place of being angry because he's come to give us life and joy. All right, so let me just pray for us. And I'm going to pray for broken relationships too. And then they're going to come in. I want you to think about those things as we close today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the keeper of our soul and you invite us to walk in freedom and in the abundant life. It's why you came. You came to redeem our relationships with you and with each other. We thank you that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Hmm. Thank you that we can transition and move, change, adapt, adjust. Thank you that we are more than any one given pandemic, any one given event, any one given person's evaluation of us. We are your children. You love us. Nothing can separate us from the love of the Father. So today, Lord, if there's people who are carrying fear because of what we've truly experienced, and it's unnecessary, they're framing their life and they've made agreements to that fear. Lord, I just invite you to come now and by your spirit. You would just touch these people. You would help them to release it to you. Because you are enough. Nothing can separate you from the love you have for them, Lord. And if they're carrying anger because they were so deeply disappointed by, by, by a colleague, by, a, by their workplace, they were marginalized in families, Lord, we, we just pray that you'd release the anger. You know their anger. Help them to go to you and, and get it off their shoulders and let you carry it. Release it. Forgive. Hmm. And then, Lord, there's broken relationships that are unnecessary. I want to pray. I want to pray that your spirit would work in such a way. You would redeem relationships as that's what you came to do. Give strength and wisdom and humility for people to rest in you and do what they can to bridge back relationships. And that your name would be glorified because of the work and the steps that they're taking. Because they desire to have relationships with beautiful people that they love. Thanks for coming this morning. Yeah, yeah, bless you as you go through the week, right? And carry the truth that uh, the Lord loves you. He's with you. Nothing can separate you from the love of the Father. Even if you've lost many things, he's still your keeper. And you are more, you're more than any given pandemic.
He, he desires for you to understand and to rest in his peace. He has good plans for you to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. Rest in that. Walk in that. Yeah. Bless you. Have a good week. Visit with each other. Encourage each other. Yeah, and online, bless you folks as well. There will be prayer folks up front here if you'd like to come. Any need you have, any, anything you're carrying doesn't need to be heavy. Certainly can be. They'd love to pray with you. And online, certainly contact the church. Blessings to you. Bye for now.